Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports. From the preps. Crying as the sideline. 10-5. And an Indian touchdown. That'll put the icing on the cake. To the pros. Deep left center field. Isbell sprints over into the gap. Dives. And he made the catch. Whoa. Kyle Isbell out of nowhere. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Inside the seven, second down and goal, Seattle. Shotgun snap, drops back three, packs his arm, hit, breaks the tackle, runs outside the numbers, throws on the run, in the corner, caught, dive, back corner, Metcalf, touchdown, Seattle. Shotgun snap, here's a four-man rush, he's flushed again, chased to the side, and he throws a pass to the near sideline, it's caught 45-40, breaking a tackle down the near sideline, it's fed, down to the 20, the 10, the 5, down the sideline, that's in for a Seattle touchdown. Right foot ahead of his left, shotgun snap, drops back three, lines right throw, intercepted, it's picked up on the play with the 5 on the numbers upfield, the 20, the 30, breaks a tackle, 50, angles to the middle, the 30, the 20, far side, 10, 5, foot race, touchdown, touchdown, it's a Seattle pick six, Devin Witherspoon. Third and 22, Giant 36, Blitz is on, Jones is hit, sacked for an eighth time. Dropping back in the gun, no place to run or hide, back in his own 26. Well, you heard it here last night on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State, a dominant performance from the Seattle Seahawks on another doozy of a game on Monday Night Football. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. It is the morning blitz. On 1025 U-Rock, AM 730 Fox Sports, Tri-State, of course, online, nwksradio.net, and the Rocking M app. Thanks for hopping on with us here on a nice, brisk fall Tuesday morning here outside the doors at the KKCI Studios in Goodland, Kansas. Yes, uh, temperature is pretty cool out. 58 degrees on our way to a high of 74. Beautiful, cool fall week of weather head for us here in the Tricer region. After a nice little light rain shower last night, wasn't much, but hey, any type of uh, precipitation we'll take after the hot and windy days we've had here the past couple of days. Nonetheless, glad you're with us here on the Morning Blitz. As always, be a part of our program through our text line. Love to hear from you. Send in your thoughts, your questions, your opinions, whatever it may be at 785-899-2222, the number to be part of the Morning Blitz here on this Tuesday morning. And Monday Football last night, once again, another stinker. I'd say Monday Night Football just cannot win. You know, it used to be the game. You know, it used to be the game. Even back when I was growing up, I know it was the big, big game back in the 80s, you know, early 80s and stuff. But, man, even in the 90s and, and early 2000s, it used to be the game. And now it's nothing but, honestly, most of the time, kind of a turd. Uh, that's what Monday Night Football is. Last night, 24-3, to a win for the Seattle Seahawks on the road in New York, walloping Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Uh, just a, uh, like I said, just a real crummy game. Uh, not much fun to watch. I even, I turned it off like early in the fourth quarter. I was like, I can't watch any more of this. The Giants aren't going to come back from this. They didn't. Seahawks win easily 24-3 uh, to behind just an amazing defensive performance from their defense. Uh, they go out there and they not only get a pick six out of their top five pick in Devin Witherspoon, a 97-yard pick six, as you heard on the highlights there. 
They also sack the Giants 11 times. 10 of them against Daniel Jones. And here's the thing. You know, ever, you know, you'll, you'll turn on the TV this morning. Maybe you're listening to Sports Talk Radio somewhere else after the show today. And you'll hear everyone talk about how bad Daniel Jones is and how bad he is. And they'll blame Daniel Jones. You know, the problem is with today's society, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. And maybe even in sports. And it, and it does render them a lot of money that they get paid. And yes, there are quarterbacks out there that are certainly getting overpaid for the performance that they have. But once again, you have to put it into context that there are only a few quarterbacks that make the amount of money that they do and actually earn it because of how it is set up for them to have success. Look at the Chiefs, for example, and Patrick Mahomes is a prime example. Patrick Mahomes is considered the best quarterback in football right now. Yet Patrick Mahomes is struggling with, you know, continuity with his wide receivers, uh, his young wide receiver group. They don't always have the best running attack. Their offensive line has been penalized a lot, at least on Sunday they were, Sunday night. That guy gets paid. He's the most highest paid quarterback in the league, and he struggled, had, you know, multiple interceptions on Sunday night football. Joe Burrow just got a brand new contact. Humongous money. He's injured, doesn't help him, but he's hurt. And Joe Burrow and his team are one and three. Once again, as much as as much as the quarterbacks deserve all the praise and stuff when they have success and they take as all the brunt of the loss, sometimes you just have to look at the team. The New York Giants do not have anything when they do not have Saquon Barkley and when they had multiple starters on the offensive line out. What did you think was going to happen? There's a reason why they are backups and not starters. It's because they aren't as good as the ones who are starting in the starting positions. They don't have an offensive line, which once again means you probably can't run the ball very good and you probably can't protect the quarterback. Exhibit A last night in Monday Night Football. You have to be... Now, don't get me wrong. Daniel Jones made some boneheaded throws, including that pick six deep in the red zone to score a touchdown. But when Daniel Jones has to lead your team in rushing, 10 carries for 66 yards last night, and in passing, which only 27-34 to for 203 and two picks... That's not, that's not what any quarterback wants. No quarterback honestly wants to lead their team in rushing in the NFL. No quarterback wants to do that. And they should really only do that if it's only on massive scramble yardage, like Patrick Mahomes does from time to time. And I still don't even like it. But that's the only way they should. Daniel Jones was getting carries last night. They're putting everything on him because they can't get anything else going in the running game, and they can't get a whole lot of protection up front. I'm sticking on the side of Daniel Jones. I'm not saying he's probably worth the $60 million that he got paid, but I'm not going to sit here and say that it's his fault for last night's beatdown. If you can't develop a running game, and I know Saquon Barkley's out, and that certainly hurts a lot, but if you can't develop a running game, if you can't find a way to break, most quarterbacks are better when, the t- when their team runs the football. When their team is able to get up and get three to four yards per carry, it makes the defense come in and try and stop the run. Once again, load the box. Then what you can do is fake the run, play action as it's called, roll out of the pocket or step back in the pocket and find a receiver who's more than likely open because the defense sucked in for that moment to stop the run. Now they got to retreat. There's got to be some open spots. It's just not happening for the Giants right now. On the flip side, it is happening for the Seahawks. It's happening for them. 
You know, last night, they're getting it done. They've got, you know, what, a two-headed monster in the backfield with Kenneth Walker the third, who had 79 yards in the touchdown. Zach Charbonnet had 31 yards. I mean, they had over 120 yards rushing and a score. That's getting it done. You're keeping your offense balanced, and then you had 160 yards passing offensively. It wasn't a great offensive game. It really wasn't from either team. But the the difference was Seattle could run the football without using the quarterback, They could run the football, and that allowed for them to get more open looks in the passing game, leading to more success. Whereas the New York Giants could not run the football, they were unsuccessful in uh, in being able to protect the quarterback because of it. They could just pin their ears back and go after the quarterback, knowing they had to pass, plus they were down. It was just a a bevy of mistakes and, and problems there. But there you go. I, once again, Monday Night Football occurred again last night. 24-3. Seahawks beat the Giants. Seahawks 3-1. and one. The NFC West really looking good right now. The Niners are unbeaten. Seahawks are 3-1. and one. The Rams are 2-2, two and two, probably better than they thought. And, heck, the Cardinals, without Kyler Murray and Josh Dobbs as their quarterback, have looked somewhat respectable at 1-3. and three. It's a decent division out there in the NFC West. Whereas the NFC East, also a pretty solid division. But the Giants are definitely dead last in that pile of four. No doubt about it. Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, way ahead of the Giants at this point in time. But once again, last night does not go down on Daniel Jones. Not entirely. Yes, he made some bad decisions. I think those decisions, once again, happen when you become are sacked as many times as you are. You have no time to throw. And you have no running game to help, help take some of that pressure off of you. Very, very difficult to do. So there you go. Some Monday football thoughts. All right. Uh, today's program, we got plenty to get to in today. It's uh, Major League Baseball postseason. Wild card round gets underway today, underway today. And Dan Lucero, our good friend, going to stop by the program today and help us look ahead to the MLB postseason. Also talk and put a bow on the year that was for the Rockies and the Royals. So he'll join us coming up in today's program. Uh, we will also get, if we have time at the end of the show, we will be talking about a little bit about uh, – I want to start doing these things, talk, kind of ranking my top, my top teams, and it may change throughout the the year, but it's ranking at least throughout the season. But you know, ranking my top college football teams and my top NFL teams. Sometimes it may change. Maybe I'll change. I'll be like, well, let's do the most surprise teams this week. But right now, I think this weekend we're just this week, this Tuesday, we're just going to stick with our top five NFL teams and top five college football teams. So, going to get to all that coming up in segment three with Dan Lucero talking Major League Baseball postseason in our second segment. Uh, before we get to the our end of our first, I, mean, I wanted to get to some local results. Uh, yesterday was a great day to be a Colby Lady Eagle. That's for sure. The Colby Lady Eagles took home not only a girls golf uh, championship league championship yesterday, they also took home a girls tennis league championship yesterday. Uh, it helps when you have two of the best or in this case, the GWAC golfer and the GWAC tennis player of the year. The golfer, of course, being Anna Starbuck, who led Colby with a 75. That was a three-over par down at Four Winds Golf Course in Hugoton yesterday. And you have Hayden Bellamy, who pretty much swept the competition on the girls' singles tennis side. That helps out a lot when you have those, that type of dominating players. But uh, yesterday at the GWAC League Championship, once again down in Hugoton, Colby finishing with a 381 to finish in first. They had Anna Starbuck finishing first, Logan Nolan finishing third, Natalie Wadurski uh, just at the top inside the top ten at number ten, uh, leading the way for the Colby Lady Eagles yesterday 
on their way to a GWAC title. I think it's their second in a row. Might be their third in a row, but I, I'm pretty sure it's back-to-back at least for Colby. Um, Goodland finished up in second place uh, in the GWAC League Championship. They had two ladies inside the top ten as they have all season long. Tori Jones tied for fourth with a 94, and Ali Cure finished in seventh place with a 95. Uh, yesterday down at the GWAC League Championship. So Colby first uh, with Goodland fifth. I think Ulysses finished, or sorry, Goodland in third, second, and Ulysses finishing, I believe, in third place yesterday down there at the GWAC League Golf Championships at Four Winds Golf. But not a surprise, not a surprise that you saw Colby win that. They've won every tournament they've been in so far this year that they had their top golfers. They didn't have Anna Starbuck or nor Logan Nolan on Saturday down at Lakin. Uh, but they performed very well on Monday down at four wins in Hugoton, uh, leading the way leading the way for the Lady Eagles. So Colby wins that. And then of course they also won uh yesterday at uh, GWAC League tennis um down there. And I had this pulled up but unfortunately I uh <laughs> I closed it accidentally. So I have to pull this back open again. But I had my uh had my quick notes here from this. But yesterday, Colby taking home first place down at Scott City. Uh, the Lady Eagles with a very solid showing. They finish in first place ahead of Cimarron, who was second. Scott City, who was third. Ulysses, fourth. And Goodland coming in fifth. Um, out of ten placings in the singles, Hayden Bellamy finishing in first. And Alan Zimmerman in fifth in the singles. And in the doubles, Lexi Schrader and Kenny McCarty finishing in second place. Cambry. Uh, Lannon and Maddie Arnberger finishing in sixth place in the doubles. Uh, Schroeder, McCart- Schrader, McCarty, and Bellamy were all all GWAC team for GWAC tennis. But Colby once again finishing in first place at the 2023 GWAC Tennis Championships at Scott City. And Hayden Bellamy, by the way, did not drop a single game uh, and earned GWAC Tennis Player of the Year. Uh, at the tournament, he didn't drop a single game. Think about it. 9-0-6-0-6-0-6-0-6-0. Did not drop a single game. That's a GWAC record. Pure domination from Hayden Bellamy. And honestly, honestly, Colby should have a dominant tennis program. They really should. I don't know if anybody's ever been inside their tennis facility they have on the campus. So I've been there a couple times to play pickleball. I mean, that's a super nice place. They should have a dominant tennis program. I mean, that's they don't even have a tennis team in the college, but they have that kind of tennis program for just the community. So they ought to have a dominating tennis program. They absolutely should. All right, there you go. A few local results. Once again, a great day to be a Colby Lady Eagle as they once again take home GWAC League titles in girls tennis and in girls golf yesterday. Uh, Let's see. That leads into today. A few more area events and local athletic events happening today. The Northwest Kansas League Cross Country Meet is happening at Sharon Springs. Good luck to those runners, including Golden Plains, who will run there. Uh, Goodland Cross Country heading to Cimarron for a cross country meet here on this Tuesday. And then there is some volleyball. Colby hosting a home triangular with Logan and St. Francis. Decatur Community has a quad with Rollins County, Goodland, and Hitchcock County, Nebraska. That ought to be a pretty evenly matched few games there with that DCHS quad. Tri Plains Brewster has a triangular with Golden Plains and Northern Valley. And then Wallace County, Quinter, and Greeley County all heading to Dighton for their quad this evening. So there's your look at local sports for today. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with a little more volleyball. We're getting closer and closer to uh, league volleyball, league cross country, all that stuff coming up here over the next few days and weeks. Uh, I want to remind folks, uh, coming up here on Friday night, 
before we get to a break. Friday night, of course, we've got the Goodland-Colby football game. Also, of course, is Ryan Lindsay's pop-up concert that's going to be happening uh, just there uh, outside uh, Denonfield Stadium. Right, still in the property, but actually over there by the uh, over there by the concession stand areas where it's going to be taking place. Yeah, the Ryan Lindsay pop-up concert. So you want to make sure that you plan to stick around after the football game between the Eagles and the Cowboys and catch the great pop-up free concert there with Ryan Lindsay. It'll be a really, really good show uh, following the uh, the football game, which should be a really good football game. I. I both these teams, I feel like, are very evenly matched and going to come down to who makes the least amount of mistakes and, and all that kind of stuff. Should be a really, really good uh, football game. All right, uh, let's get to a break. When we come back, we will visit with Dan Lucero, our premier, our previous uh, co-host of this show and also our very good friend. He's going to join us to talk a little bit about baseball. We'll talk about the Rockies and the Royals and what to expect for ne- in the offseason and what to expect next year. Uh, we will also... Take a look at the playoff schedule for the wild card playoff round, which begins today. You've got four games today, starting at 2 Central, 1 Mountain Time. You've got Texas at Tampa Bay, Toronto at Minnesota, my beloved Arizona Diamondbacks at the Milwaukee Brewers, and then the Miami Marlins at the Philadelphia Phillies in the evening cap here tonight. But yeah, four games, and we'll get we'll get Dan's thoughts on all that in the MLB playoff bracket when we get back. So stick around. Plenty more to get to here on a Tuesday show. You are listening to the Morning Blitz.